Hey, this is Pastor Arm, and I want to thank you for joining me today for the Activation Church podcast. We are here so that people can activate their life in Christ, and I believe this message is going to help you go further than ever before. Check it out. Are you ready for the word this morning? Are you excited about what God is going to do in your life? You need to be. You need to be. You need to be excited about what God has planned for your life because as we travel through life, he desires for you to grow and increase into an amazing purpose and destiny that he has prepared for you. And somebody needs to hear that this morning, that you are not an accident. You are here for a purpose. There is a design for your life and there is a destiny. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, God knew you. You may think that you were an oops moment to your parents, but there are no such things as an oops moment to God. Before you were formed, he knew you, he called you, he chose you, and he has a purpose for you. And every day of our life, we should be growing closer into the person that he has designed for us to be. But in order for us to grow and increase the way that God desires for us to grow and increase, there are some things that we need to understand. And so to help us as we travel along and close out this series today, we're going to be looking at a parable in Mark, the fourth chapter, uh, where Jesus talks about the seed and the soil, the seed and the soil. Turn to the person next to you and say, we're going to be talking about seed and soil. And he starts off this parable, parable in Mark, the fourth chapter, verse three, by saying, listen, this is important. You need to pay attention to what I am about to say. As a matter of fact, this parable is the foundation for every other parable about the kingdom of God I'm going to teach. If you do not understand this parable, you will not understand anything about the kingdom of God. This one is important. Jamie, this one is one that we need to lay hold of. He says, listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up since it did have no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it and yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. And then he said, he who has ears, let him here. That's a very popular way that Jesus would clo out, close out his parables. It's like, hey, if you get it, you get it. He drops the mic and he goes home. If you have ears to hear, hear it, receive it, get it. it. It's not just if you have ears. How many of you understand there's a difference between having ears and having ears to hear? If you're a parent, you, should, you, you know this. Like I've got three daughters and they all have ears. Six of them in total. They all have ears, but they have selective hearing. They only hear what they want to hear when they want to hear it. And then sometimes they even process what we're saying in the way they want to hear it. My wife will say no, and my daughter will come and say, 
hey, mom said we're going to go do this. I'll be like, that just doesn't sound right. I feel like she said no. No, she said we'll probably do it. So I go to my wife. I'm like, hey, Stella said she, you, we were going to do this. And Ashley's like, I did not say that. And then they'll get in a big argument about what they said. She has ears, but she doesn't have ears to hear, which means she's not receiving the information and processing it in a healthy way. So Jesus is letting us know, like, what I'm talking about, you need to hear receive and do something with it and what I, what's funny to me is he's talking to these large crowds at times and his disciples who are also there are listening to these stories and I can imagine in my mind they're probably like amening Jesus and you know cheering him on that's a good word pastor preach it preacher but then when they get alone with Jesus they're like hey, what are you talking about I have no idea what you're saying Jesus and so he would explain these parables to his disciples and I want to look at this explanation because it's going to help us understand what he is talking about in the story so now let's go to Mark 4 13 this is the explanation Jesus said to them do you not understand this parable how then will you understand all the parables again if you don't get this one you're not going to get anything else then he goes on to say he says the sower sows the word Here's what you need to understand. The Word of God unlocks the door to kingdom realities. The Word of God unlocks the door to kingdom realities. Our ability to receive the Word, have faith in the Word, and be obedient to the Word is what steps us through that door. So, for instance, a kingdom reality is that marriage is from God and should be a blessing from God. Did you know that? Marriage is designed from God to be a blessing for you, to be a help to you. So like when he creates Adam, places him in a garden, God goes, whoa, this is not good. It's not good for man to be alone. So he, what does he do? He designs woman. He brings them together and he says, now you're going to help each other through life. You're going to partner with one another. You're going to complete one another. You're, it's going to be a blessing and together you're going to be fruitful and multiply. However, many times we look at marriage as like the old ball and chain. It's not as good as we thought it would be before we did it. You know, we had high hopes of marriage and then we get married and it's like, this is terrible. I'll be working late tonight, you know. But that's not how God designed it. So the principle is there, that marriage should be a, a fruitful and productive union between man and woman. Where we miss it is when we do not take the principle and apply the word that we need to walk in to receive it. So the word of God reveals kingdom realities, opens the door to kingdom realities, but it is your responsibility to apply the word. Turn to the person next to you and say, it is your responsibility to apply the word. You need to understand that the Word of God always works. The Bible says that He watches over His Word to perform it, that it will prosper wherever it's sent. Wherever the Word of God is sent, it will prosper. The Word of God always works, but we do have to learn how to work it. If we want to see kingdom results, we have to understand how to work the Word. That's what Jesus is getting at in this parable. The sower sows the Word. And then he's going to go on to explain to us how we should work the word as good soil. So he says this. He says, uh, do you not understand this parable? How are you going to understand any of the other parables? The sower sows what? The word. And these are the ones that fall along the path. 
where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground, the ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy, and they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then, when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. Do you know that the enemy will always challenge the word that God gives to you? Do you want to know why? Because the word will produce something amazing in your life. And so what the enemy does is he brings those persecutions and tribulations around that word so that you give up and never allow it to take root. So you'll walk away. And that's what Jesus is talking about. He's saying this, this rocky ground, they hear the word, they receive it with joy. They're at church and they're like, man, that was an amazing sermon, bro. And then they go home Monday and something happens and they're like, peace out. I'm done with this thing. You need to know that persecution and tribulation and trials are, are not abnormal for life. And the closer you get towards God, the more of those things you will see rise up. But those things are not there to defeat you and to destroy you. They are there to become stepping stones for you, to propel you into your future, to become more than a conqueror. How do you become more than a conqueror? By conquering some things. How do you become an overcomer? By overcoming some things. We want to sing songs like victory in Jesus. My soul has been saved forever. Well, he sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. Oh, victory in Jesus. We want to talk about victory in Jesus, but we don't want to fight any battles. This is a battlefield. Life is a battlefield. There is an enemy that wants to destroy you and your family. And the only weapon you have is his word. But you got to know how to work it. You don't need to be a novice sword fighter. You're going to get wrecked. You got to know how to work that thing. So the rocky soil springs up quickly. But then it withers whenever the persecution comes. The others are the ones that are sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word. But the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit. They hear the word, they accept it, and bear fruit. 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. Jesus is dealing with four different kinds of soil in this parable. Four different conditions of the heart, if you will. And, and all four of these soils come into contact with the seed. But not all of them receive it. Please get this. Every single soil in this story comes into contact with the seed, but not every soil receives it. The seed is designed to produce. The seed is designed to produce, but its productivity is determined by the condition of the soil. It doesn't matter how healthy the seed is. If the soil's not right, nothing's going to happen. You know, I've, I've been in ministry now full-time, like licensed ministry for 19 years. 
I've worked in church full-time before I became a licensed minister, and I grew up in church all my life. My father's a minister. One thing that I've heard that's a recurring theme is when people leave a church, the spiritual ones will say something like this. I wasn't being, anybody want to fed? I'm not being fed. And that statement is something that we make that sounds spiritual and it sounds good, but I promise you that if somebody is teaching the word of God in that church, the problem is not with the food or the seed, the problem is with the soil. We don't want to hear that, right? Because it kind of hurts our feelings and takes away our excuse. I mean, there are preachers that I prefer listening to over other preachers. There are certain personalities that I enjoy over other personalities. But what I have learned is if somebody is speaking the word of God, I'm going to eat because I'm hungry. The seed is going to find somewhere in my life. I don't care how simple it is. I remember one night I was in a youth group setting and the person was talking about Samson, a story that I had heard multiple times. And he was not adding anything to the story. He was not giving like any of these like great bullet points that would blow your mind. And as he's telling the simple story that I grew up with, the Spirit of God started feeding me. And the Spirit of God started speaking to me and directing me. The man speaking may have never said it, but the Spirit of God was speaking to me through the word he was releasing. Have you ever been to church and you go, man, that pastor was talking right to me today. You ever thought that? Did you know that I'm not aware of what's going on in your life? That's the Holy Spirit through the word working in your life, depositing seed that will produce. So all of these soils, they are, they are all touched by the seed, but not every soil produces. Only good soil grows good plants. Turn to the person next to you and say, only good soil grows good plants. Before we go any further, I want to pray and say, God, give me ears to hear and a heart to receive. Can you say that? Give me ears to hear and a heart to receive. This is important. This is my daily bread. This, this is not just a time that we come together to mark it off the list. This is a moment that we gather together as the church of God to receive our daily bread. Through the week, I'm praying, God, what is it that your people need to hear? What is it that I need to hear? Give us this day our daily bread. And I believe that there are some hungry people in here today that are going to eat. Are you hungry? So let's talk about the four soils that Jesus mentioned. Because we are in control of our soil. You need to know that. Never blame the condition of your soil on anyone else. You are in full control of your soil, which is great news. That's really good news, and you need to know that. You get to determine the content of your soil. So the first one is the path. Jesus said the, the sower sows, and the seed falls along the path. So the seed comes into contact with it, but nothing happens. It'd be like going out into the parking lot and taking some seed and throwing it on the asphalt. Nothing's going to happen. You could take some seed and walk in here and throw it out on the stage, scatter it all over the stage. You could even come in and water those seeds that are on the stage, and nothing's going to happen. Why? Because 
it is not the right kind of soil. These, these are the type of people that they're here right now, but they're here for the wrong reason. Maybe they're here because somebody drug them here. Maybe they're here because they're just trying to appease somebody. Maybe they're here just because they're trying to check it off the list. And you are not going to receive anything as long as you remain the soil along the path. I know this because I spent many of my teen years as the pathway soil. I'm going to tell you some stuff today that I hope you'll return next week. So I was thinking about this because you know what? There, there were moments in my teen years that I believed that I was like, was good soil. And I believe that, you know, when we talk about the four different kinds of soil, that it's not always talking about four different kinds of people. I mean, it can be like, it could be like, okay, Frank, you're going to be the path and Jamie, you're going to be the rocky soil. You're, you know, you're the kind of person that's the thorny soil. You're the kind of person, Missy, that's the good soil. And we categorize it like that. Like Frank's the path. He'll always be the path. Jamie's rocky. He'll always be rocky. But it's not just four different kinds of people. What I have learned is I can be four different kinds of soil at any different moment of the day. Like I can go from good soil to rocky pretty quick. I did that yesterday. I, I mean, I had a rocky soil moment, and I had to check myself, and I had to fix some things inside of me. And so when I was a kid, when I was a teenager, I was most of the time pathway. So I, uh, I would stay up all night long Saturday night, and I would go straight to church with no sleep. I'm not going to tell you what I did while I was staying up all night, but just know some stuff happened other than video game playing. I, but I stayed up all night Saturday night. I would wake up the next, I mean, I wouldn't even wake up. I would just get my clothes on and go straight to church because my father's the pastor. And our family placed a high value on being in the house of God. And I was the bass player in the worship band. So I would go to church. I would play. I'd do my, play, you know, fulfill my personal responsibility and then we had choir lofts at that time and the choir loft had like a wall to where you couldn't see the chairs and I would slip off and while my father preached I would take a nap because I was so worn out from the night before I was pathway soil the words being delivered but it wasn't it had no opportunity to do anything in my life because I was not anywhere near ready to receive it and I remained pathway soil until my dad found out what I was doing and he fixed my soil real quick <laughs> real quick he, he dealt with that soil so get this the seed touches the path but nothing produces nothing produces if you're going to be good soil, you have to value the word that is being released. Jesus says it's like the kingdom of God is like a treasure hidden in the field. And a man goes out looking for it. So that's the first thing we should pay attention to in this story is not only is there a treasure hidden in the field, but there is a man intentionally looking for it. Tell the person next to you and say good soil is intentional doesn't happen by accident so this man he's going out he's looking for this treasure that is hidden in this field Jesus says when he finds it he sells everything 
to buy that field. Why? Because he placed high value on the treasure of the kingdom. How do kingdom realities come into our life? Through the word. I've got to place high, high value on the word of God if I'm going to see any kind of increase in my life. People that grow are people that seek, find, and treasure. People that grow are people that seek, find, and treasure. The next soil that Jesus talks about is the rocky soil. This is the fun one. This is the one that they hear the word, and the Bible says they receive it immediately with joy. They're excited about it. But they don't produce because they never develop any roots. They spring up quick, but they wither up fast. I like to call these the Roman candle Christians. I don't know if you've ever seen these, but I have in all my years of being involved in church. These are the people that come in hot and heavy. They are fired up. They are ready. They sign up for every team. They burn bright. They burn hot, but they burn out quick. Because as soon as things don't go right in their life, they are out. Because they have no roots. These are the people that are entertained, but never empowered. It's possible to be a part of church and come because you are entertained, but never leave empowered. You show up because you like the program. You show up because you like the children's department. You show up because you like the um, people. You've developed friendships and relationships. You like the music. You like the lights. You like the building. You like the fact that we're going to have a food truck. You enjoy it, and you come, and it's fun. You're entertained, but you are never empowered. And so what happens is when the trials come, when life comes at you, you wither up fast because you don't have anything to stand on. You don't have a foundation or a root system that's going to help you stand in the midst of the storm. Jesus tells it this way. He says, there's uh, two guys that are building a house. This guy decides he's going to use a foundation of sand. The next guy, foundation of rock. So now you've got two men building homes in the same region on two different foundations. Now Jesus says a storm comes. Okay, same storm. And when it hits the house that was built on the sand, Jesus says, it falls and great was its fall. When the storm hits the house that was built on the rock, Jesus says, it stands. Same storm. One person falls, one person stands. Then he drops the information we need. He says, the person that builds their life on the sand is the person who hears, but doesn't do anything with it. They hear the word. They may even receive it with gladness, but they never apply the word. He says the one that builds their house on the rock is the one that hears the word and does something with it. The book of James would say you can't just be a hearer of the word. You also have to be a doer because if you're only hearing and never doing, you are going to deceive yourself. Jesus was surrounded by people that loved the miracles. They liked the idea that he could throw a fish and loaf party. I mean, they, they enjoyed his teachings. They were entertained, but they were never empowered. And because they were never empowered by the word they were receiving, they could not stand the test of time. They had no endurance. If you want to become a soil 
that produces healthy things that last when storms come. You have to receive the word and start applying the word. You have to receive the word and start applying the word. This, this parable set me free as a pastor. I'll tell you why. It is easy as a pastor or a leader to get discouraged when week after week you deliver sermons and then you leave thinking, do, the, do they even care? Because they come back the next week with the same problem issue they had the week before. And you know that you just delivered a sermon that touched on the exact thing they needed to hear in that moment and they're doing nothing with it. That can be extremely discouraging, especially when you love the people or you're close to the people. They could be your close friend and it's like no matter what you say or how many times you say it, they just never do anything with it. That can be discouraging. And did you know like God is so great that he knows what you need to hear before you even need to hear it? Like, Frank, he knows, like, okay, here's a season that you're going to walk through, so I'm going to go ahead and plant a word into your life that can manifest so that when that season comes, you'll be ready. That's what happens in a church like this where I'm not just, like, putting together sermons because I think, oh, this would be entertaining or this would be good or that would be catchy. It's like, God, what are you wanting to say this week? There are many times I don't even know what the sermon's going to be until I get into towards the weekend. Because I'm praying, God, what are you wanting to say? That's important to me because I want to make sure that God is giving us the word that we need for the season we're about to walk into. And so when I see people walk into that season without that word that was delivered, it is frustrating. And I don't know how many times I, I can like call them up and be like, bro, for real, I just talked about this. It's going to happen. And they do nothing with it. But what set me free was this. Jesus said the sower so is the word. And I realized my only responsibility is to sow the word. Your responsibility is to deal with the soil. See, I can motivate you, I can inspire you, but I cannot move you. You have to move yourself. You have to determine that I'm going to be the type of person that when I hear the word, I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to show me where that needs to be applied and work it out. Some of you in here, your soil is always contaminated because you always take the word and project it on somebody else. Oh, my husband need to hear this word. This is a strong word for my husband. But we never go, well, God, what are you wanting to say to me? See, I, I promise you, the way the Holy Spirit works, like right now I could be talking about seed and soil, and the Holy Spirit could be dealing with something completely different in your life right now. If you're open to allow him to speak, if you're going to be good soil. So, that's the rocky soil. Next is the thorny soil. Ask the person next to you, are you thorny? I'll drink to that. The thorny soil is more preoccupied by what's going on around them than what God is wanting to do in them. We've seen this happen over the past couple years. You know, we had uh, everything that happened with the coronavirus and people who, you know, 
seemed firm in their faith, gone. Because they've allowed the cares of this life and the cares of the world to choke them out. When, when the uh, coronavirus thing happened, I was laying in bed one night and I was praying. You know, because the, the church got shut down and it was, just, it was just an awkward time. I was like, God, what is going on here? And the Spirit of God spoke to me and said that this is going to be a dividing time. It's, 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 the, it's the, 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 tear, the wheat and the tares. I'm going to start revealing my true church. The true church is the one that takes the word and does something with it. Man, I'm ready for battle. I'm ready to fight. I'm ready to stand. There are other people who they spring up quick. They look good. But when things like that happen, they get so caught up with what's going on around them. They're so preoccupied with the cares of this world that what happens is it chokes it out. It chokes it out. It chokes out whatever God's going to do. And, and the cares of this life could be a lot of different things. It could be all different kinds of distractions. And it's not always the big distractions that get us. Sometimes it's the million little distractions that we have in our life that like try to take us out. It could be the deceitfulness of riches. Sometimes the thing that was a blessing to us becomes our downfall. There's all different kinds of things that happen when we are thorny soil. And it all chokes us out because we start desiring the things out there more than what God wants to do in here. And here's what you need to know about thorny soil. Thorny soil will grow things. It just won't grow good things. I mean, obviously, there's thorns there. That's what's choking it out. So we can get so distracted by life that we start allowing the wrong things to take root and the wrong things to start growing. And the problem is the more we allow these wrong things to take root and grow, the stronger they get and the less able we are to hear what God is wanting to do. We become that thorny soil that hears the word. We hear it. We come to church. We attend church services. But it never does anything. It gets choked out. You've got to know this, guys. There is an enemy trying to steal what God wants to do in your life. He wants to destroy you and your family and your marriage, your home. He wants to destroy everything about you. And if you are not the right kind of soil, he's going to get you every single time. And you may not even be aware of it because you think I'm doing all the right things. I'm attending church. I'm, I'm plugged into this group. I'm serving here but I'm thorny soil. So the, the, the last soil is the good soil. Somebody say good soil. This is the person that hears, receives, and becomes fruitful. So I'm not just hearing the word. I'm not just receiving it with joy because that's what the rocky soil does. I'm hearing it, I'm receiving it, but now I'm going to apply it. I'm not just going to be a hearer of the word. I'm also going to be a doer. Good soil does not happen on accident. You need to know that. Good soil does not happen on accident. It is intentional. Good soil protects what is going in to the eyes and the ears. That's how things are planted. Are y'all following me this morning? That's how things are planted, through your eyes and through your ears. If you're going to be good soil, you've got to guard what goes in here and goes in here because whatever enters here and here settles here and whatever settles here is what's going to come out of you Jesus says out of the good treasures 
of the heart, good comes. It's like that TV up there. It is only displaying the input that we send to it. We could change up the input at any moment. It could show you all different kinds of things, but it's showing you that because that's the selected input. Your life will show whatever you're inputting into yourself. And the more you input the wrong things and the wrong seeds, the more thorns you're going to grow. So good soil is intentional. I've got to guard the soil. I've got to guard what I see and what I hear. And then I've got to learn to extract the distractions or schedule them. See, there are some things in my life that just don't need to be in my life. It's a distraction that is not beneficial. It's not helping me. I need to extract it. It's no longer there. But then there are some distractions that they are not bad distractions. They are things I have to do, so I need to schedule them. For instance, if I'm going to spend time in the Word in the morning, okay, God, uh, you know, I'm going to start spending this time in prayer and study, then I'm going to schedule my emails to not be then. I'm not going to check my email while I'm trying to do a devotional. I need to do my emails, but I'm going to schedule it for later. And you could, I mean, all different kinds of stuff that are in our life that is, we don't need to stop. We just need to schedule them. We need to reprioritize our life. Like there's stuff I want to do with my kids. I want to go out. I want to have fun. But I'm not going to give that time to them that I should be spending time with the Lord or be in the house of God. You follow what I'm saying? So there are things I need to extract. There are some things that I need to schedule. Good soil has a fixed focus. Joshua 1.8, God tells Joshua and the people of Israel, he says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. That's an important part right there. The word of God has got to be something that I am continually talking, continuously talking about. I've got to be releasing the goodness of God in my life or my family. So he says, this book of the law, talking about the word of God, shall not depart from your mouth. And then he says, but you shall meditate on it day and night. Meditation is not clearing your mind. In other religions, meditation is about clearing your mind. Meditation, when it comes to Christianity, is not clearing your mind. It is filling your mind and chewing on the word of God. So he says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. I'm going to continuously be speaking it, and I'm going to meditate on it day and night. Then it says, so that you be careful to do everything that's written in it. What does that mean? I'm going to meditate on it so that I can be obedient to it. Then he says, if you do that, you will make your way prosperous, and you will have good success. It's up to you. You get to determine the content of your soil by what you are doing, what you are allowing, and what you are focusing on. God has designed you for increase, and God desires increase in your life. He says that he desires above all things that you would, what? Prosper and be in health. What's that prosperity? Prosperity is walking in the fullness of who God has called you to be. Sometimes we want to shift it all to money. Money's a part of it, but it's way more than money. God wants you to prosper in your mind, in your peace, in your joy. He wants your family to prosper. He wants y'all to love each other like you've never loved each other before. He wants you to love your boys like you've never loved your boys before. He wants you to be, you know what I'm saying? That's what God desires for you. He doesn't desire y'all to be fighting. He doesn't desire for y'all to be angry with your kids and your kids to be angry at you. That's not God's design for your life. That's the enemy's design for your life. That's what the enemy's trying to sow into your field. 
You see what I'm saying? I'm just using that. That's not what they're going through, but I'm using them. I'm just using it. <laughs> Unless you are. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, bro. But, but you, get what I'm, you, get what I'm, you get what I'm saying, right? <laughs> you get what I'm saying. The point is, God's design for your life is the best design for your life. But the, at the same time God is trying to invest something into your life, the enemy is coming and trying to invest as well. And the problem is weeds grow easier than good plants. So you've got to be careful. We, we have to be diligent over the soil of our life. And if we will, we'll start seeing God produce things in our life. We'll start seeing things turn around. We'll start seeing our marriages blessed. We'll start seeing our relationships be fruitful. All these things will start coming into alignment because we are good soil and we will see transformation. And you want to, that's what I desire as a pastor. I desire transformation for you. I, I want God's best for your life. That's what I want. I told Randy earlier this week, like, what excites me, Bob, is like when somebody comes in and they're broken and going through all kinds of issues and they come in and I see restoration. I see healing. I see that they're a different person now than they used to be. I love that. What can be discouraging is when they come in and they remain the same month after month, year after year. And you give them godly counsel, you give them godly wisdom, but they never do anything with it. Have you ever met anybody like that? Just so stinking hard-headed, hard-hearted that they will not receive the word. I want you to be someone who receives. Father, my prayer today is that every single person in here would become good soil that would receive what you're wanting to do, God, so that transformation can happen. Let it be done in Jesus' name. Would you stand with me?